0: Welcome to the Broad Street Podcast.
1: Philadelphia, make some noise for your hosts, Paul Frenzel and Christian Cassenti.
0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Broad Street Podcast. My name is Paul Frenzel. Alongside me is my co-host, Christian Cassenti. Christian, how are you doing on this Friday afternoon?
1: I'm um, doing all right. We have some interesting things to get to so we'll see how I'm doing um 30 40 minutes from now
0: yeah we do have some topics that I'll probably get heated over so I apologize in advance but let's just get right into it all right so to start off like usual we start off with the Philadelphia Eagles and a main topic due to not recording last week that we missed was the Carson Wentz trade um Carson Wentz was traded to the Indianapolis Colts, Christian. Um, Give me your thoughts on that.
1: My thoughts is, um, yeah, I mean, it sounded like initial thoughts. Okay, how about this? I'll give you the initial thoughts on the Carson Wentz trade before other things kind of happened.
0: Wait, Christian, would you like me to announce what the trade is before? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because yeah, I know we'll to it. give like a little refresher.
1: Yeah, let's get the refresher All right. going. So
0: on the Broad Street Sports Twitter, our official Twitter that's tweet says, the Eagles are trading quarterback Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts for a third round pick in 2021 and a conditional future second round pick, which happens to be in 2022. And then that conditional future second round pick would turn into a first round pick In 2022, if Carson Wentz ends up playing either 75% of the snaps or he plays a total of 70% of the snaps and the Colts end up making the
1: playoffs. So there's that. There's that. So it looks like I will be a Colts fan for at least the next season so we can get those draft picks. But um, all I got to say is this just confirms a lot of things about this front office and maybe even Carson himself. um, This front office is – not smart they're incompetent um i hate to say it but i'm gonna say it 2018 was a fluke um i'll always it feels like a dream it honestly if someone told me that what do you mean the eagles actually never won the super bowl um you were just that was just a bad dream you had or maybe a good dream and um we just didn't want to uh let you down and tell you it wasn't real but i don't know i think it's just it's fully rebuild mode i mean the eagles are in going to be in the down, down years for, I don't know, maybe two or three, unless they get lucky. I mean, and even then, they're, they're going to have to get lucky with draft picks. Um, I mean, nothing, nothing good is going to come from the Eagles until Howie's gone. And it looks like for some reason, um, they can, for whatever reason, say, oh, well, 2018, so it is what it is. But I don't know how he's going to go.
0: Carson, it sounded like they not want to be here anymore.
1: Sounded I mean, like he didn't hate Philadelphia, but hated the front office just as much as Philadelphians hated the front office. I don't know. It's it's a weird time to be an Eagles fan, as I sit here in an Eagles hoodie. Um, let's go Colts. I don't know. Those that's, that's are my final words on on
0: that. Um, well, I remember the exact moment that announcement came out that Carson Wentz was traded to the Colts. It was a, I believe it was a Thursday. And it it just recently snowed up here at school. Right, Christian? And I just woke up. I was about to have a normal day. Didn't have any homework to do. It was a great day. And then, out of nowhere, I get a notification. I actually get a text from one of my group chats that says, bye, Carson. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And then all the Twitter notifications came in and then my day was ruined. It was just absolutely ruined. But anyway, that was, that was my initial reaction. Um, and then like usual, when a player gets traded who claims he wants out, the reports come out after the fact, you know, you know, and it's basically like what happened with Doug after he was fired, all of those reports came back that were like negative about him. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. All right, anyway, so a report came out about Carson, which I wanna reiterate back what you said that nothing will be good until Howie Roseman is gone with this organization. I saw a report that said a main reason that Carson Wentz went out was because he didn't trust Howie Roseman's decision-making. Which, I mean, none of us trust it, but the fact that your former supposedly franchise quarterback fix that i think there's a problem that's bigger than the players in this team
1: yeah um it's tough it's tough i remember um when carson got traded and the news came out we were we were ready to record a pod however um i recently had a wisdom teeth um, incident so that guy pulled so not only did I lose a tooth but I lost a quarterback that day um, so it was a rough day for me as well um, but besides Carson um, it looks like some other players will not be returning as well next
0: season yeah the, sorry for cutting in but they already released wide receiver Deshaun Jackson they made an announcement that wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey will be released after the new league year starts on March 17th. The same goes with defensive tackle Malik Jackson. And I think that's just the start. The Eagles are in like the worst cap situation. Not a- Actually, we're not in the worst cap situation in the league, surprisingly. The Saints are a lot worse than us. But we're still in a terrible one. And we're going to be releasing big-name players that have have a history with this team. And they're just going to be gone just like it with the snap of a finger.
1: I mean, it is what it is when the Eagles are in the position that they're in, where it's like they have made so many bad decisions and bad moves up in the front office that releasing these players is something that their hands are tied into. I mean, it's it's a full-on rebrand the Eagles rebuild mode. Um, that's what it is. I mean, how... It's so early to tell, but I don't know. Maybe they'll win four or five games next season. Uh, Maybe if um, Jalen Hurts shows he's competent, they can win six. But I wouldn't cross my fingers on that one. That reminds me. I mean, Jalen Hurts, there was reports that Jalen Hurts isn't even reportedly the official starting QB going into next season. Apparently, there's going to be some competition. I know you know more on that than me, Paul. Um, Got anything to say about that?
0: Yeah, uh, at first I thought when that report came out, I thought that's like, oh, they're just going to bring a veteran arm in from free agency, you know, like Tyrod Taylor, Ken Newton, and, you know, like a bit like a former friend, like a older veteran quarterback who could help develop Jalen Hurts, you know? But throughout the last week, reports have been coming out that the Eagles could actually take a quarterback at number six overall in this year's upcoming draft, which if that happens, there's only one quarterback I want. And I don't think he's going to be there at six. So I really hope they don't do that.
1: You think, is that because you think he's getting drafted early or
0: I just know. I think, it? I think he could potentially go before six. Okay. It's, um, Zach Wilson from BYU.
1: Okay. I'll have to do I, some research on him.
0: I've seen some mock drafts that have him going two to the Jets.
1: So interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the only quarterback. I don't want them drafting a quarterback. That I feel like that'll be like one of the worst decisions. I mean, this team's made a lot of bad decisions, so I can't say the worst. But it'll be a bad decision if to draft the quarterback because it's the least of their concerns.
1: Yeah, and they have a lot of concerns. Um, I mean, I am not hopeful at all. Um, um, as far as drafting goes for the Eagles, for all I know, they'll use that number six pick on, like, Joe Schmo. And um, it's just a continuation of terrible drafting by the Eagles.
0: A name that actually I've heard that could get drafted is tight end Kyle Pitts from Florida. And I know – So, at first, I hated it. I was like, why are they going to draft a tight end at six? But I don't want – let's just say I don't want them to pick him. But if they end up picking him, I think it's a move that I could, like, work myself into because that man, he's just a freak of an athlete. We'll get more into – maybe we'll make a mock draft episode. Who knows?
1: That could be fun. That could be interesting.
0: We'll get get more into the – scouting and all later. But yeah.
1: Do we want to switch to some more light-hearted Phillies news?
0: I'm totally down to the move from to the Pressing Eagles to the Phillies who are down in Clearwater right now, baby. Spring training is coming, Kristen.
1: I'm excited. I'm so excited. I'm finally just you know, usually when I'm in my classes on Zoom, I'm just on my phone, but now I'm going to be watching Phillies spring training games, so I'm excited. So I'll just say spring training, the first game for the Phillies is on Sunday. I believe it is not televised, at least not NBC or wherever they air their games is um, going to be televising it, but... Todd Zaleski came out and reported that the pitchers that we should be um, not starting but going to be pitching in that game include Ivanova, David Hale, uh, Dulo Santos, and Hammer uh, JD Hammer, that is, um, and a couple other bombs. But out of those bunch, I would say I'm not excited but intrigued to see what Ivanova can do. A bit money on it, he's not going to make the roster and probably won't even be in triple A. But I don't know, maybe. Um, Hale is on the 40 man roster, so he's kind of like probably competing for a bullpen spot. Um, as well as JD Hammer, um, possibly competing for a bullpen spot, I believe. What was it? Not sure if it was 2019 or 2020 where JD Hammer got called up and had a decent run at the bullpen. And then De Los Santos is that um, pitching prospect that has been in the farm for a few years, uh, never really figured it out, but he has decent stuff. Um, he'll just be in AAA, I would imagine. Uh, but as for spring training goes. Um, an interesting storyline is that the Phillies still do not have a starting center fielder. Um, as of right now, their options are Scott Kingery, Roman Quinn, and Adam Hazley. I would imagine right now they're giving it to Kingery, um, but Joe Girardi apparently loves Roman Quinn. And I would say Hazley has the most potential out of the three. So I mean, each three of them has a reason for why they should be starting, um, except for Quinn. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And then, if you want, you can write Dubo Herrera's name down there with the asterisk to it. Um, from the looks of it, excuse me, the looks of it, uh, the only way a Dubo Herrera is making this roster if he bats 400 with ten bombs. I don't think he's going to do that, but I know some players have been interviewed um, regarding whether they believe Adubo Herrera would be accepted back into the clubhouse if he was brought back. Um, I think Reese Hoskins, he gave like an essay of an answer. It was a really good answer, but to sum it up, he basically said, you know, some will accept it, some won't. Some people believe in second chances, some just do not tolerate the actions that Aduba Herrera committed. So, Sounds like if Dubo Rare does ever come back, he's probably not going to be in the best of situations. Uh, that's why I just don't see it coming. Um, any thoughts so far, Paul, on spring training? Um, to
0: be honest, not really. I'm just I'm excited to see the boys back. Oh, it's yeah. uh last the end of the last season was just so disappointing, and they. Inspired contact, as we all know. They hired Dombrowski. They built up a team that has a lot of depth. I'm just excited to see the boys back. It's going to be fun. It's baseball season.
1: Oh, yeah. Shout out to the, um, the keyboard warriors that I was um, um, getting into a heated discussion with on Twitter about someone proclaiming that the Marlins have a better roster in the starting rotation. Than the Phillies, as well as someone trying to explain to me that um, the Nationals rotation has three Nolas. I was just like, please stop talking. Um, <laughs> anyways, and the warriors. reason, yeah, the Keyboard Warriors, you got to love the Keyboard Warriors. When you bring in facts, they start to run, but um, that reminds me is because what started that whole conversation was the idea, and most likely not going to happen, due to contract and um, budget restrictions um, is the Jake Odorizzi rumors. Um, So Jake Odorizzi recently did not pitch too much due to an injury. He had like a 60-year array, but before that, the season prior to his injury problems, he had a breakout season. He's always been a solid pitcher. Um, You can even say he was the ace at one point for um, the Twins when um, Jose Barrios was down. I mean, he is, I mean, he is a solid number three. On maybe half of the teams in the MLB, he would be a two. I would dare go that far. Um, of course, you have to worry about his injuries. Um, adding Jaco to Rizzi to this team takes them from third place to, honestly, they have a run at first, and I would lock them in at second. Maybe that's my Philly bias, but... I mean, the roster right now is built pretty well. I mean, the bullpen can be better. We could have a better center fielder. And, I mean, of course, we could have another arm. But this is the first year in a while where it's like the Phillies only have those three issues. And they're not huge issues. I mean, like I said, all they need is a couple things to go right for this team. And then they're a lock for a wild card. I mean if Bryce Harper decides to have an MVP season or if Aaron Nola decides to go back to his uh, 2019 um, Cy Young form, I mean, you're looking at a legit playoff team. But Anyways, um, I would love Jake Odorizzi. The only reason I don't see them coming back is, I believe, um, as far as roster goes, the Phillies only have 12 million left to play with before they reach um, the luxury tax. And as far as that 12 million goes, a lot of that 12 million will most likely get spent by relievers such as Tony Watson and Brendan Kinsler, who are not on um, major league contracts. They are minor league contracts. So basically they will only get paid if they make the team and they should make the team. Um, so unless Davey D wants to get a little creative um, with maybe a trades or deciding to let some of these relievers walk for Jake rizzi which I don't know how smart that would be. He could possibly be on the team. Um, you know, again, here comes a prediction. You can call me a fortune teller when I get this right. I'm expecting Jake rizzi to get anywhere between 12 to 15 mil a year. And I know he's looking for a long-term contract, but due to his injury history, he probably will get it. Uh, my dream scenario is getting Oda Rizzi for like two years, 24 million or two years, 28 million. That's as far as I would go. I would not give him anything more than like 13 and a half million a year. I probably wouldn't go that that far um, unless it was like a one year thing. But yeah, uh, Jake Odorizzi Rizzi is legit. Um, Quickly moving on is the interesting minor league co- minor league contract they gave catcher Jeff Mathis, who will definitely not make the team, but he is regarded as one of the best players in the baseball that no one knows. Um, there's a lot of pieces out there on him um, regarding him as one of the best defensive catchers that really no one knows about ever. Um, he makes everyone better in the starting rotation. He is great at pitch framing. He calls a great game. Um, he can't hit, um, but he is known for making pitchers like better um, just because of his knowledge of the game. So why this is exciting and interesting move by the Phillies is, you know, I'm expecting players such as Zach Eflin and hopefully Spencer Howard to learn a lot from him get any information they can out of him. It would be interesting. Um, yeah, any thoughts, Paul?
0: Um, not really, but I do have one question to add. Do you think this has anything to do with JT Ramuto's thumb injury and the potential chances of him being out longer than they wanted him to be?
1: Um, That's a good point. I don't remember off the top of my head if – Um, Jeff Mathis was signed before or after the thumb injury occurred. Um, If if I'm a betting man, I'm going to say no. They think he's going to be ready for opening day. Um, So I also think he's going to be ready for opening day. I mean, if Andrew Knapp has to start one game, I'll bite the bullet, but I'm not too worried about that. I mean, listen, he is a catcher going into his 30s. If the biggest concern is a thumb. Like, I mean, that's amazing. I mean, also, we also got to remember that it's great. Injuries are going to happen. It's it's baseball. Um, it's better for them to come before spring training even starts than to, than to come in the middle of a season. So um, yeah, true. I have a question for you, Paul. What's Do you fun? have any spring training hot takes? for the fighting Phils?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. I honestly don't know. I just hope there's like that one player that no one's ever heard of, he just goes off. You that, know what I'm talking Phillies, about?
1: Yeah, the Phillies always produce one player that, I mean, comes out of nowhere and decides to be um, Barry Bonds for, <laughs> for a month.
0: I don't know who it could be. I don't really care who will be. I just, I just love seeing them. It gets you excited.
1: I love seeing the kiddies play. I love seeing the kiddies play. I mean, we're gonna see players such as uh, Mickey Moniak get some well, starts.
0: I'm, I actually, um, Stott. I'm excited to see Stott if he's. Yes, in there. I'm
1: excited to see Stott as well. Stott is there. Stott is in spring training, so we'll see if he can handle a um, somewhat triple A major league baseball type of. Um, players in spring training
0: before Um, before we move on from the Phillies I do have one question about have you heard anything about Mick Abel recently or has he just been silent because there's
1: no minor league right yeah I would imagine Mick Abel um the whole coronavirus did not help him because I mean there was no minor leagues that season nor was he on a taxi squad I would imagine Mick Abel did not get a spring training invite, um, just because I mean, he's had no time to develop himself as a major league pitcher. Um, you know, that's something I'll definitely I'll come back to you next week on a full Mick Abel scouting report. How about that? But, um, yeah, Mick Abel—that's an interesting name. Cause I was Real really, really excited about that pick. Oh no, Mick Abel's a stud. Um. Real quick, I have to say, as far as spring training goes, Reese Hoskins will lead the league in home runs. That's one take. Zach Eflin will post a one-year array and look Ooh. like a Cy Young. Adubel Herrera will bat 125 and <laughs> will get cut from the roster. And the Phillies will finish, I forget how many, they'll finish uh, three games over 500. And there'll be a sleeper team throughout the whole season. Um, before we move on for the Phillies, all I'm going to say is the way the NL East is stacked up, it is the toughest division in baseball. There's no debating about it in my mind. Um, besides maybe the Marlins, though, the Marlins are a sneaky good team. The Nats, the Phillies, the Mets and the Braves. If any of them were to win first in this division, it would not be a surprise, in my opinion. Um, I mean, these teams are either good or sneaky good. I mean, that's, that's what it is. Basically what I want to say is it's going to be 162 playoff games. And that's why I'm excited because it's going to be meaningful baseball every game of the season, because it's, it's going to be a close race. So it's going to be fun. Hopefully, um, you know, every team can stay healthy so we can see the best players of the NL East play against each other. It's going to be a battle. I'm excited. That's all I got on the Phillies. Any final thoughts, Paul?
0: I think that just about wraps it up. Besides, like I said earlier, I'm excited for spring training. I'm excited for the season. It's going to be a tough race, like you said. Any Virtually any team in the East could realistically win the division. But yeah. Yes, sir. All right. We're going to be moving on to the Sixers. They're an exciting team. They're still in first place in the East, Christian. Joel Embiid was named starter in the All-Star game. And Ben Simmons was named as a reserve. Now, obviously they deserve it. But do you have any like specific reasons of why you feel they deserve
1: it? I mean, if anyone's been paying attention to the Sixers, Ben Simmons, his average points a game, I think has jumped like six or seven points I mean he's been on a tear I mean of course last time we talked he had that 42 point game I mean I think he's put up um 20 a couple times since then as well he's starting to play way more aggressive and even though he's playing way more aggressive his defense is only getting better I mean last night he shut down um what was it the uh, Timberwolves that they played last night
0: uh they played Dallas Luca. it was Luca. Luka yes, that's right.
1: He shut down Luka Doncic. He shut him down to, I think, he Damon scored 20 or maybe barely over 20. Um, ben Simmons is the best defensive player in the NBA. He said it. I'll say it again. He deserves to be an all-star just as much as the rest of them. I mean, it's finally making sense. This roster is finally making sense. Um, Danny Green and Seth Curry have continued to be nice fits for the 76ers. Um, you know, it's the way shooters work. They'll get cold every now and then. But both of them have come into form, and um, they're playing well as of late. They're playing decent. Um, Now, Toby, 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 I've loved him so far this season. Has cooled off a little bit recently. But I would say he still kind of got snubbed as an all-star. He definitely could have made it. I mean he's been averaging twenty points um, for a majority of the season on the best team in the East. Um, so that's my thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, I feel he was snub from the all star game. Snub. I snub, mean snub, snub, snub. he's he's our third best player, but to be the third best player on like the number one team in the conference is like pretty good thing.
1: Yes. Something people but are forgetting.
0: One player that we don't have in the notes that I want to bring up is Matisse Thybul. His defense has been impressive lately. He's been heating oh, up. True, true. I, I mean, love, I love T's.
1: I mean, yeah, Matisse is putting up numbers right next to Ben Simmons with less games played. Or I should say less time played. I mean... Matisse Steibel has asserted himself as elite, an elite defender in the NBA in only a second season. Um and once he gets that like three-point shot more solid, I mean you're looking at a starter. Um so Matisse Steibel has a definitely future lined up in this organization. Um But I do have a question for you, Paul. What's up, brother? Have you have you been following the Kyle Lowry rumors?
0: Uh, I have. I've been looking it up ever since when they came out yesterday. Is that what it was?
1: Yeah, I believe they started to heat up yesterday.
0: Um, the only thing is that I wouldn't be happy about is the names that I'm hearing when we have to trade for is either Tyrese Maxey or Matisse Leibel.
1: Yeah, I've, I've, you know, it's going to cost them a couple first rounds and a couple young players, um, or a combination, give or take one or two. I mean, if now is the time to pull the trigger, now's the time to pull the trigger. I would imagine the only reason, um, that the hot stove has kind of been quiet besides this is. Um. Hopefully, this front office is smart. I do think they're smart. They have shown that they are smart. Um, is they're taking their time because they know they're in the position to where they can kind of wait out a little bit. I mean, they're still in first, and they have a lot of time to see how um this free agency or not free agency, these uh, trade market is going to play out this season. So they're kind of in the driver's seat a little bit, especially with all the young talent that. Uh, these teams that are shopping players are going to be attracted to, like you mentioned, Matisse and Maxi. I mean, I said I did not want to trade Maxi for Harden. And that is only because, personally, I'm not a fan of Harden. Kyle Lowry, however, I'm not the hugest fan of Kyle Lowry, but I don't hate Kyle Lowry like I hate James Harden. I mean, if it's going to take Maxi to get him, maybe um, I would still much rather have Beal but Beal would probably cost way more. I mean, um, yeah, I, I, I could definitely see, though, I see the 76ers making one big move before it's all said and done because this team really is one piece away from solidifying itself as, okay, championship. I mean, now we're talking championship. Um, and that is because they are in first still, but the Nets, they're catching up and they're looking much better um, now that I guess they have found some team chemistry. I mean, I do not watch their games, but I occasionally check in to see on their highlights. I mean, ever since they made that James Harden trade, it was obvious they're going to be a very good team. Um, The only thing I got to say on the nets is when it comes down to playoff basketball is, Unless they're thinking they're scoring 130 and 140 points a game, I don't see them making it too far just on the fact that, one, they're not going to do that, and two, um, defensively, this team is poorly constructed. Of course, it's an offense powerhouse, but I don't know. You get people like Ben Simmons and Matisse Leibold on the court, they can quiet one or two of their stars, I mean. And be, you know, does what he does. Um, you're looking at a, a decent matchup there, with Seventy Sixers and the Nets.
0: Do you think trading for Kyle Lowry would solidify the Sixers as the number one seed in the East?
1: Depending on what it takes to get him, yes. I mean, I've heard I've heard scenarios in which Ben Simmons and um, or a, Tobias Harris's name has been brought up. Which, if that was the case, I would say, I mean, the 76ers wouldn't even do that. I mean, that would just be kind of dumb. Maybe Tobias Harris, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it all depends on what it takes to get them um, and where the 76ers are, where they're standing at um, once, if the ever trade did go down. I wouldn't say it solidifies them. Just because the Nets are that good. Um I don't know. Maybe I would say it would really just makes it even more neck and neck.
0: True, true. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for the uh, 76ers. And we're gonna move on to the flyers. Um so the flyers, I remember the last episode they in the middle of COVID protocol. If you remember, they've played three games since they came back in COVID protocol. They have a record of one win, one loss, and one overtime loss. And the overtime, I mean, they played two games against the Rangers, winning one and having a shootout loss in the other. And then their game against the Bruins was the loss, so they lost 7-3. to That's not what I'm going to talk about, Christian. The Flyers played at Lake Tahoe. You You know what Lake Tahoe is, right?
1: Inform everybody, Paul.
0: It's uh, I actually, it's a lake. Obviously, you know, it's Lake Tahoe, but uh, fooled me. It's a it's a lake that like straddle. It's like on the border of California and Nevada. It's a nice lake. The Flyers played there, and, and the NHL had like an outdoor series game. It was really nice, man. I mean, I don't know if you watched it, but I made sure to watch it. It was really just. Cool seeing the Flyers play on, like, an outdoor rink with, like, the backdrop being, like, a lake and
1: mountains. Dope, dope.
0: Yeah, I don't know. The Flyers really don't really never have much to talk about. So I just thought that would be cool to bring up.
1: It is interesting. I
0: think that wraps up, Christian.
1: Yeah, uh, I guess it does. I mean, Flyers are going to be the Flyers. (laughs) They're well, gonna uh... win
0: some. They're gonna win. Actually, one crazy stab about the Flyers is their record. The Flyers record is nine, four, and three, correct? Right, Christian?
1: I believe so.
0: No, it is. I'm looking at it. My bad. <laughs> and five <laughs> five or six of those losses have came against the Boston Bruins, bro.
1: They're just rent free. Run free in their heads.
0: All right. all right, so we so we stopped, like, saying random things about the Flyers. That wraps up this episode of the Broad Street Podcast. Thank you all for listening, if you got to this point. Um, anything to add, Christian? No, yee-yee, let's go. Let's go, Philly. Spring training, baby. All right. Spring training, let's go. All right, have a good one, everyone. Broad Street Sports, out.